0: Hold that please Level 5 Thank you Ah you must be one of our new interns
1: Yeah hi Nice to meet you
0: Hi Now the most important thing to know Is to Ertz in the bypassal Rise plug sale
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry
0: The single most important thing Is to Ertz in the Channelized Bingbingus At the bypassal Rise plug sale And you'll be fine
2: Err uh, yeah That sounds important Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.
3: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk TalkSport 2.
4: Hello, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us once again. It's another jam-packed programme tonight with plenty of huge stories to discuss, including Trevor Bayliss on T20, the future of Test cricket and Adil Rashid's decision to turn his back on Red ball cricket. Yorkshire's Director of Cricket, Martin Moxon, is coming up.
5: Disappointing from our point of view because we know when... You know, when Adel's on form, he's a match winner for us in, in all three formats of the game. If he's not fully committed to playing Red ball cricket, then, you know, it's pointless for, for him and for us that he, that he carries on playing. Fresh from a
6: disappointing Big Bash campaign and an injury plague, 10 months, we will hear from Hobart's and England's Tamar Mills about how he plans to turn things around.
7: I spoke to my agent and things like that, and I wasn't overly... Optimistic, I you know I was, I was pretty realistic that things might not work out. Um, you know it isn't nice. I watched it just on my uh, iPad, got a stream of it, and you know when your name comes up and then kind of a bit of silence, no bidding. It's you know it's, it's not it's not great.
4: And this week's test of time is Sri Lanka in 2001, and I'll be looking back at that tour with former England spinner and top man Ashley Giles.
8: It was a great trip. Do you remember going to? Um... McDonald's as well that we were there yeah. come on that trip with us and we, yeah. because we, we'd all heard didn't we, McDonald's was the same everywhere in the world <laughs> and, so we gave it a go and, and it was it was brilliant it was such <laughs> a great escape from the, from the hotel I don't know we lost weight to be honest because we, we ate egg and chips in there every night and we went to McDonald's and we bought chocolate in that hotel um, but it was it was a fantastic trip
6: we were here for the likes of uh, Rob Key, Joss Butler, Owen Morgan and Gareth Batty on all the big stories of the week.
4: And you're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. And with me as usual is my partner in crime, it's Johnny Norman, who's still on holiday in New Zealand. I saw him catching a bit of the uh, one day international with family and friends the other day is in the, is that in the contract Johnny?
6: mate it was a, it was a busman's it was uh, <laughs> the ultimate busman's holiday do you know what though mate working in cricket um is brilliant i absolutely love it and i'm very fortunate to be uh, to be at all the games and covering them all for talk sport but the one thing i miss is going to the cricket with my mates <laughs> and just having a beer and shouting at aussies I was giving Aaron Finch and Glenn Maxwell, who were just in the boundary below me, absolute pelters on Friday. And uh, at the halfway stage, New Zealand 243. Um, I was loving it. Unfortunately, Aussie won. So, By the uh, way, they had the last laugh.
4: Do you know something? Um, it is a fantastic experience, New Zealand. I remember going there to watch England versus Australia in... What year would it have been? Would it have been eighty-nine, ninety when England were there? And yep. it was in Christchurch, and I was on the bank. I was the old, Me and Dominic Court were the only two English guys there amongst all Kiwis. Oh, what an experience. One of the best experiences I've ever had as a, a fan, singing songs, getting beer thrown at me. <laughs> um, it, it was fantastic. Not to think, but I was going to be going back there not just a few years later, uh, representing England, playing at Christchurch, which was that, uh, quite an unreal experience.
6: That was 1990, I reckon, because... Yep. Alex Stewart, my favourite cricketer, made his debut for England 89-90 at the West Indies. That famous tour when England went one nil up and then um, the West Indies came back to win it 2-1. Uh, and the following year, it was the New Zealand tour because I was uh, yeah. following his career avidly, but not quite as avidly and, as you.
4: And, and the good experience said, I'd just played for England in the 19s the year before, right? Um, we toured Australia. the First time I'd ever been on a plane. I was 19. Year after, went to New Zealand, and they came to Christchurch, and it was unbelievable. I uh, got asked to bowl in the nets, uh, like they still do now for anybody who's touring over there. And I went down to the nets and um, bowled at Alex Stewart, uh, and he got the nod on every time he bowled a good delivery. And that's when I actually thought I like him. And we're still friends now. We still uh, we're still in constant uh, contact. And David Gower was on that tour. You won't believe. And he never yeah.
5: netted.
4: He never netted. He used to just turn <laughs> home. and he used to walk across to the uh, to the net with his with his bat, have a few throwdowns, and then off he goes. Most <laughs> most of the boys back then, Lammy, Stewie, all had solid nets, and um, and but but Gower just had little throwdowns, which used to make me laugh.
6: Oh, mate! They were the days. They anyway, were the memories.
4: Days. Memories.
6: Uh, yeah, and we've got Test of Time coming up later in the show. By the way, so much feedback from last week's. Um, Dean Headley, how brilliant was that, by the way? MCG, 1998. Going to fast forward three years today. Sri Lanka, 2001, and Ashley Giles, director at Warwickshire, is going to be joining us. But before all that coffee, how much stuff has happened this week? By the way, I don't know where to start. There's Rashid. Been... There's there's uh, there's test grounds being named. There's England losing and all winning at the same time, but. I don't know about you, but the big, uh, the big, the big talking point to start is, uh, T20s international T20s. Trevor Bayliss, coach of England, saying that he doesn't think um, they should be played anymore, apart from in the build-up to World T20s. Well, do you
4: know something? You know what that's like? It's like um, most some people out there have got kids, right? It's like giving your kids and saying, well done, you've been brilliant. And there's a little treat, a packet of crisps or a a little little bar of chocolate or something. And then just before he's going to eat it, say, no, you can't have it. And take it off him. I mean, how are you going to do that now after the success of T20 cricket, the the money it's bringing in into the international game? Look at the sellout and, in New Zealand. Look at the support. Mm. New Zealand versus yeah. Australia, New Zealand versus England. And then suddenly say, I'll tell you what, we're going to take it off you uh, now. But every four years, we're going to bring it back just for a short period. It's not going to work. I get where he's coming from. I understand. But the, the schedule is rammed. Uh, with test matches, fifty-over stuff, T20 stuff, but what's just going to happen is, but it it is totally, and I agree with him on one thing is, but it is, it's going to be a totally different setup. You're going to have different players and a different, you're going to have different cultures. That, that's all it's going to come down to.
6: Well, let's hear what uh, Trevor Bayliss had to say about the future of international T20s.
7: I wouldn't play T20 internationals. You know, if you want to play a World Cup every four years or whatever it is, uh, maybe you know, six months before, you know, get the international teams to be able to play uh, or let them play some T20 cricket, but I, I'd just let the uh, the franchises play.
6: i tell you what, you can imagine the guy who runs Sky Sports spitting out his coffee hearing that, eh? <laughs> um, I mean, that's how... It, it's a bit baffling because how does Trevor Bayliss think he gets the wages that he does? How does Trevor Bayley think well, the players he was brought get away hey,
4: Johnny, he was brought in because he'd franchised cricket. He'd done mm. T20. He wasn't brought in to coach our test side. That was just that we wanted to have a continuity and have the same coaches. We tried it under Flower and Giles, didn't we? And I thought it actually wasn't a bad, bad thing. But for some reason, we went back to having a coach... Um, wow. who could do all, yeah. all forms and they've gone for that in Bayliss and now he's saying the reason we got him in mainly was for his one day game which kind of has yeah. improved our test cricket's not gone anywhere yet no. so he's improved our one day stuff um, but the test cricket's not improved but now he's saying we shouldn't be doing T20 well he wouldn't <laughs> have got the job in the first place if that was the case
6: well this is the thing Kay I've been to Eden Park we were just talking about the uh, Australian that was uh, Trevor Payless speaking to Sky Sky News by the way Um So I was there on on Friday, right? Australia, New Zealand, 480-odd runs scored in one uh, T20 game. Uh, You wouldn't want that every time. But you cannot argue with the crowd. You know, it was the third time I've been to Eden Park. 34,000 were there for that T20 on Friday night. Now, the time before, 2015, 50 over World Cup, same two teams... They couldn't score 250 runs between them, but it was still an amazing, amazing match. Mm. And there was more than 40,000, 40,000 cricket fans at Eden Park in a country where rugby is the number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five uh, sports in terms of popularity. Now, the other time I've been to Eden Park was back in 2014, the last day of a test match between New Zealand and India. Brilliant, brilliant day, with India needing 300 to win, nine wickets in hand, and at one point, they looked like they were going to do it. And then Neil Wagner got out, the rest fell, and New Zealand won a series against India. You know, that doesn't happen very often. And the crowd that day, for what was one of the best days of cricket I've seen in many years... 500? about, about Exactly. It was about 3,500. Yeah. Now, I think we're losing sight here... It's all very well, and I remember Graham Swan saying something similar about one-day cricket. Oh, we shouldn't play one-day cricket, Graeme Swan saying a few love years back. Cricket. I I never said liked you, it.
4: it. It's a pure test. 50-over uh, stuff for me is the real test of how good you are at, um, at one-day cricket. That's why if you look at the best, best in the business, who is it? Coley. Absolutely. Well, yeah. In 50-over cricket, he takes it to another level. I think, um, yeah. and I honestly believe this, 50-over cricket, uh, Johnny, is the real test of a one-day international cricketer. As Test cricket is the test, obviously, for the longer form, 50-over. You can't just do it for one or two overs. You have to build in innings and finish it off. And 50-overs, that's what it's about. And with a ball, you have a start, a middle, and an end where you can't have one lucky over. You have to perform over 10 overs. And uh, for me, it's the real test.
6: It's a it's a fascinating point because I, I sometimes... I've asked this question before, okay? I'll ask it to you now. Is it actually possible to achieve greatness as a bowler in 2020 cricket?
4: No. It's it? Isn't, rich. Is it? T, T20 is the entertainment side of it. It exactly. really, really is. It's a brilliant spectacle. It gets yep. people, new people involved in the game who might just spread the wings and go and have a look at the 50 over. They might go and have a look at the test cricket. But T20 is the money. It's the breadwinner. It's where people come in, have an entertainment day, they could come after work, they go to the weekend, and it's only three hours out of the day. You have to be hardcore to go and watch a game for six, seven hours. Let's be honest about it. Cricket is a wonderful sport if you get into it and you can become obsessed by it. Like a lot of people with stats and figures, like baseball, it's got all those stuff for the real Mm. person who gets really involved in cricket. But T20 is the breadwinner. It's like football, 90 minutes, people go there and they go for the show. And cricket's got to have that now. And it's, it's been the, it, let's be honest about this, mate. T20 has saved cricket. Let's be yeah, really, really honest about it. I totally agree.
0: It.
4: T20 has saved cricket. But it's got to run alongside with the other two, which are the real test of how good a cricketer is
6: well, it's interesting you say that because, uh, well look, running out of time, we'll talk about this uh, very shortly, but uh, Josh Butler, very interesting comments uh, that he's made to Sky Sports this week about what he perceives as the future of the game. And Adil Rashid has decided to play just white ball cricket for Yorkshire, even though... He hasn't got an IPL contract or a PSL contract. So we'll talk about that. Martin Moxon uh, will be joining us later in the show uh, to get to Yorkshire's thought on things. And, of course, we'll be hearing from Darren Goff as well. That's who you're listening to. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk TalkSport 2.
1: Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2.
6: So, Goffy, earlier today I tweeted out this. Tonight on Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2, we ask, should international T20s be scrapped outside of world T20 years? I tell you what, it was more split than I thought. Thousands voted, 40-odd percent saying yes, players need a rest, and 58% saying no, the crowds are massive, leave it as it is. So uh, that's a a topic that's set to run and run. Uh, Another topic is as it has been for a while the future of the game Joss Butler England wicketkeeper in the shorter formats these days doesn't play much Red Bull cricket uh, had this to say believes the appetite for T20 cricket could see cricket becoming one format
8: Test cricket is, is still for me the pinnacle of cricket I'm not saying that it's, that's, that's any different but um, I just see filling out massive stadiums family events mm. um, it's very easy to keep up to speed with it's very easy to follow the tournament and and have some real understanding of if X wins this game, what it means um, in comparison to the tournament. Um, and it's just a lot easier to follow. So, whether that is the way society um, mm. is changing as well, and everyone wants things faster these days. Yeah.
6: Josh Butler speaking mm. to Sky Sports. You know, you were speaking before the break saying that T20 cricket has saved cricket. But 10, ten years from now, wh- where is Test cricket going to be?
4: Well,. I'm really sad uh, to hear that because I think uh, what I've noticed over the past few days is quite a few of the cricketers, the current cricketers who are playing for England in New Zealand, have kind of hinting on where they're going. We've seen Rashid; he's the first one to jump ship. Um, yeah, well, not the first. Well, there's, a, there's not, been a few before. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I think the. the I mean, you
6: could say Butler. Butler did it. He, I mean, unofficially. How much Red Bull cricket has he actually played in the last two
4: years? Well, from the sounds of it, I think he's going to be the next to follow. Um, I think Willie and Plunkett both at Yorkshire. I'm I'm concerned for Yorkshire, really, because I think they've got a few players who could definitely go down that route. Um, And the money's there. Um, It takes nothing out of your body. Four four overs as a bowler. You could probably play to your 35, 36 if you keep yourself fit. Um, But you've got to be careful. You've got to be really, really careful um, in taking that jump because you've got to make sure you bowl in enough overs to make sure you can prepare yourself to play at the ice level because you can soon, soon drop behind in cricket. There is an elite level, and that is international level. You can drop just below that. If you don't practice hard and work on your game, you can soon drop and people will take your place.
6: Do you know what? It's a fascinating point you make because I remember hearing a story of Samuel Badri, You know the West Indies spinner who only plays—he just plays, uh, you know, T20s for West Indies. He he played in the IPL. Um, he just plays Twenty Twenty cricket, really. He actually has a day job. I think he's a teacher back in the Caribbean. And the fact is, Goffey, if you are one of these guys, um, you have to pay for all your. You have to somehow keep yourself up to fitness. You know you need to have somewhere to go and do that you not you 're not going to have private trainers or coaches you know making sure you keep up to speed you've got to organize all your travel you've got to organize where you 're staying you've got to make sure you 're fit when you start and and how do you do that if you 're not playing cricket outside of the tournaments
4: Well, most of them have agents, and the agents will just do everything for them um, there's agents now um are making money, not obviously not the same as football. But they get, a, they get a player into a, a tournament. It makes a big difference um, to the agent's fees every year. They get a cut of the, the fee he gets at auction. Um, so they're going to try their best to get that player uh, the best. And there's going to be agents out there. I know of a few ex-cricketers um, who have played in my era who are now have gone, that, gone out on their own. Uh, Neil Fairbrother, who was the agent um, for a big... agency for years he set out on his own now jason ratcliffe um is another one and doing well got uh, quite a few cricketers and he tends to be favoring the t20 potential um i have a little joke with him here and there i think neil fairbrother will be exactly the same because that's Mm. where the money is you get a player into the ipl the psl the cpl the big bash the franchise uh tournament that's coming soon um, in two years' time. It's the time now to become an agent in cricket.
6: Um, you missed out, didn't you? You could have hoovered gutted. up, mate. They I'm all gutted. looked up to you.
4: I'm gutted, you know, um, as a T20. Just to play... Right. Financially, I'm not going to say it wouldn't have been the money, because it would have been. Uh, it would have been fantastic to earn the money these guys are earning now. But just to experience the IPL for one year mm. would have been a dream. The the passionate fans, I've toured India, I've toured Pakistan and Sri Lanka. had so many good tours there. The fans are magnificent. It's like being a pop star, but you're a cricketer. It really, really is. It's totally different to England. It's totally different to Australia. The atmosphere is unique from the moment you land to the moment you leave. It's just an absolute, it's like being a Bollywood star, a Hollywood star. It's ridiculous. And... Just to experience it for one year would have been superb.
6: i tell you what, we had um o. A. Shah on, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago in the studio. He was brilliant, by the way. And the way he spoke about playing in the IPL and sharing a dressing room with A.B. de Villiers or a field with uh, Sash and he sounded like a cricket fan. You know, he didn't sound like a professional cricketer. Um, well, look, that brings us quite neatly onto the subject of Adil Rashid because saying all that... You know, that's kind of what he's aiming for then, isn't it? You know, his decision to go white ball only with Yorkshire. He wants to have a bit of that in the next few years of his career. <laughs> and can, can he can he be blamed?
4: Um, well, no, he we can't be blamed. Um, I think um, I'm disappointed in Adol. you got to remember I capped in Rashid, for a few years, and I gave him an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I batted him at six.
6: Well, he's 30 now, isn't he? He's yeah. 30, so he's been around for, well, when did you first come across him? Do Must you know been...
4: something with Adol, right? And I hope he doesn't mind this, but from, even when I captained him, I always thought with him, he's one of them who didn't really love playing. You know what I mean? He was doing it because it was a nice lifestyle and decent money for a young lad. And he's gone on to have a, a decent career, I would say, right? And he's hoping now to cash in towards the, probably the last five, six years of his career playing mm. T20. Now, it's hard to blame because I wouldn't know what I'd, I'd have done. I, I really, really don't know what I would have done many years ago if I'd have had the choice. Same as Butler. I'm critical of Butler sometimes because I don't think he he goes out of his way to play red ball, and I think he should do because I think he's got a future at Test cricket, but he doesn't really put himself out to put himself in the window, if you know what I mean, as a few other yeah. players have not played with a red ball. Jason Roy, right, for someone who who is very much a one-day cricketer for England at this moment in time, was on the verge of – it was talked about playing for England. He pulled out of the yeah. IPL a few years ago. To play red ball cricket for Surrey. Okay, it didn't work out. He didn't get the test call. But he took the IPL. He tried it. He tried it. Now, I just believe a few of our guys now, first, as soon as any um, franchise tournament comes up, their names are in. They're not even bothered about the red ball. And I think with Rashid, I always thought, as I, as I said to you, I thought he was a player who didn't really love it if you know what I mean. And it mm. doesn't surprise me he's pulled out out. I'm hugely disappointed in him, by the way. It's a ridiculous decision. If I were y- Yorkshire, if I would have been Yorkshire and I would have been in charge, I'd have just said, nah, off you go, mate. I need to get... Because he's such a loss now to Yorkshire. He's a leg spinner. He bats six or seven. He's a fantastic cricketer, by the way. He bats six or seven and he bowls leg spin. One of his weaknesses, he don't get the top order out enough, but in county cricket, once they get Mm. down to 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, he's dangerous, Rashid. He's got a good Google, he knocks over the tail, and he's one of the reasons why Yorkshire won titles in the past. Now, they're going to miss him now, and it's too late to go out there and find another leg spinner just like that, isn't it? It's it's a special special art. They've already made their overseas pick. They've got Pajara and Williamson. They might have had a totally different pick.
6: Uh, Martin Moxon, uh, Yorkshire Director of Cricket is going to be with us uh, very shortly to talk about that and uh, plenty more let's hear what some of the other players in the game uh, had to say about the decision first we'll hear from Rob Key who wasn't surprised uh, by Rashid deciding to to go the way he did but first let's hear from uh, the Surrey skipper well former skipper actually I should say Gareth Batty on Rashid's uh, decision
2: I think you see some of the guys who play an awful lot of red ball cricket, particularly with England, and have had a taste of doing the, I'll do three weeks over there in the sunshine, I'll do another three <laughs> weeks there, and, and obviously they get paid nicely for it. They're not going to lose out financially. And let's be honest, uh, we're all, it is work. Yes, it's, a, it's your hobby that's extended into work, but ultimately, you want to look after your family. So, if you're going to earn more money and it's not going to hinder your career, then let's be honest, people are going to do it. Some of the guys, because you're self-reliant, you're not actually immersed. Like at Surrey, um, unless our boys have been with England or on some development programme, we've been in since November. You're in with the boys day in, day out. It's not like it was where you'd be away for six months and you might see them at rugby or cricket or uh, rugby or football on a weekend and have a few beers. You, you're in, you, You're in together the whole time which gives a different bond. As soon as you get people who are dipping in and dipping out, it's really difficult. Changing room environment, anybody that's listening that has been in that, it's tough to find your niche within a changing room. So actual teams, difficult. Players, yes, but individual. We play a team sport uh, within an individual responsibility of of your role.
6: That is absolutely fascinating, isn't it, uh, Goffey? Because, you know, cricket... Um, is an individual sport or is a team sport played by individuals in in some regards. There's only one bloke bowling and there's only ever one bloke batting. But this almost takes away that kind of like uh, the ethics of uh, or the the teamwork uh, structure. Because if you've got teams being created every other second and players jetting in for two weeks here, three weeks there. How do you plan?
4: How do you plan as a coach? How How do you plan now? Because you don't know which one of your players. You go into the season now. For the Yorkies, how do they know? Well, in, they've got contracts now, but the players will go to them. I spoke to Alex Stewart about this just to let you know, right? Just mm. so I know where I'm coming from, because I think well, Al, how do you cope with guys who these tournaments coming up left, right, and centre created all around the world? They've got contracts with you. He said, "What is the deal with it? Have they got? But if a, a, a tournament comes up around the world, they can play in it. We we have in the they've got in their contract, but we have in where we sit down together." and see if we can find a compromise. Where, obviously, um, financially, the club have to be reimbursed because they're going to be missing for the start of the season. Or we just say to them, no, they can't do it. He said, but some counties have the senior players just get it written straight in, but a tournament comes up, I'm going. And the counties are scared to death for losing that player, so they say, OK. But they're losing the player anyway. How do you plan now... If you've got a player who's on the verge, like a Billings at Kent, mm. not really an, an England out-and-out player, he's played because they've rested a few guys in New Zealand. He's supposed to be captain at Kent. He's missing now. He's going to the IPL from here. It's just, how do you? How, well, it's so the same they've, they've given him the captain. Isn't it? Yeah, they've given him the captaincy. yet he's not going to Darwin be available at any of the season. Isn't
6: David Milan been named the uh, Middlesex captain?
4: Well, well, he's not going to play. He's well, he? not going to play now because now. Somehow, I don't know what they're going to do England now on the selection because Milan came in to replace Root, right? Now, yeah. Milan's been the best player. Yeah. So what,
6: what, what <laughs> they're going we, to we do We haven't now. even talked about England, by the way. That's how much stuff's been going but on this last we're, week. We're, we will do,
4: though. Don't worry. We should do because now they've got a situation now where Milan came in, Root arrested, he's come in and, and, and they see him as the, the Root. Now, Root, is, to me, has been missed in the T20s. Right, we lost three in a row. Obviously, we won in the last one. We should have lost that last one, really. I thought New Zealand played it badly that last few overs. By the way, um, the left hander, what's his name? Campbell. Oh, some... uh, no, Chapman. Chapman. Oh, he played yeah. it. He played it so badly. His options yeah. were he, he had no options basically. He didn't know what to do. There were both no. decent bowling from Jordan and uh, Tom Curran, but he played it so bad. Bat on ball, he were trying, oh, ridiculous. Some of the He's trying he was trying to play attempting.
6: everything behind exactly. the wicket.
4: Exactly, uh, absolutely uh, gobsmacked watching him bat. But well bowled to Jordan and, and Tom Curran, I think they deserve a future of that. But now Milan, they're going to be thinking, well, so what do we do with Milan now? Hales ain't got no runs, do we put Milan up top, do we put Root in at three, Morgan at four, because Morgan's back at the four. Nightmare selection, good luck with it, good luck.
6: Uh, we're going to talk about that and more later in the show. And we're going to be speaking more about Rashid with uh, Martin Moxon, uh, the director of cricket at Yorkshire, to uh, to hear his thoughts on Adil Rashid's decision not to play Red Bull cricket in 2018. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2.
1: Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. <laughs>
0: Not surprised, we really, don't know Adil deal with Rashid quite well. He doesn't enjoy playing red ball cricket. He doesn't feel at the moment that he's going to play test cricket. He's actually not a financial thing either because he's not in the IPL. He's not in the P- Pakistan Super League either. So he just feels that it's the best thing for him and it probably won't be the finish of this from what we see. And you start flipping it the other way. Do counties and other countries around the other domestic structures start employing people on white ball contracts that way? We always think about it from the players' point of view. What about the counties? There'll be players around in county where they say, right, white ball contract only.
6: Well, there's the views of uh, the former Kent captain and England batsman, Rob Key, speaking on Sky News about the decision of uh, Adil Rashid um, to turn down um, an offer for Red Bull cricket and just play the White ball stuff. I'm pleased to say that Martin Moxon, Yorkshire Director of Cricket, uh, joins me and Goffey now. Um, Martin, where do you start? Uh, A bit of a spanner in the works, I suppose, um, with a couple of months to go uh, before the start of the season.
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's disappointing from our point of view because we know when, you know, when Adil's on form, he's a match winner for us in in all three formats of the game. Um, but at the same time, you know, if he's if he's not fully committed to playing red ball cricket, then you know it's in, in, pointless for for him and for us that, it, that he carries on playing. So disappointing it is. You know, we we welcome the fact that Adil's been honest with us, and at least now we can we can plan going forward.
4: Hi, Frog. Um, Hello, mate. Hi, uh, mate. Uh, listen, I, I was really disappointed in this. I've, I played with Rashid. Um, I was captain, you were coach, so we, we know what yeah. it, I, I knew what it was like. I, I knew he didn't really love uh, cricket like some of us have done over the years at certain uh, times. But I was usually disappointed with this purely because the planning for you guys, because you've got your overseas players, Williamson, Pajara, those are two guys you've got. But he's such a big player. In county cricket, being a leg spinner, he bats at six or seven or even eight, depends how strong your batting lineup is. But he gets lower order batsmen out, and he's such a big player for Yorkshire. And suddenly there's a massive hole in your lineup. I mean, it's impossible to get a new player in now. You can't go get an overseas player because you're already packed up.
5: Yeah. No, it is. You're right. I mean, as, as you say, you're quite right with saying, you know, we, we thought, you know, IPL, no IPL, brilliant. We got all our England players apart from. You know Johnny and and Rudy at the start of the season, so we're thinking happy days. Mm. Um, and as you say, obviously this news changes that. And and you're quite right. You know, with Rash, Rash Rash at his best. You know, he's a he's a top six batsman. So the whole balance of the team changes when he's not playing for us. Um, you know, because no disrespect to our other spinners, potentially they're not, you know, not as good as batsmen as as he is. So it, it changes your balance of your team. So. You know it is disappointing, but the point being, Goffy, if if he's not there 100% with you, then it's, you know it's pointless in playing, isn't it? Well,
4: you know what um, I'd have done, mate. I'd have, uh, I'd have sent him out on his heels. He'd have gone.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the dilemma we have, you know, because obviously, you know, there's a there's a value to him even playing yeah. red, uh, sorry white ball cricket for us, because again, you know, his performances for us in white ball cricket, you know, being great, and he and he's a potential match winner for us in that format. So what do you do? Do you say, oh? you can't be bothered to play for us in red ball cricket, sod off. And then you're cutting your nose to spite your face, aren't you, in white ball cricket. And mm. this is a problem counties are going to have. It's going to happen more and more. You know that. It's, it's going to happen more and more with players at a certain level. You know, Rash now feeling he's probably not going to play test cricket in the future. He's wanting to get into IPL, where where obviously the big money is. And he's thinking, I've got to be, I've got to be better because I didn't get picked up this year.
4: Yeah, but so frog. Just on back. frog on that though on Rashid. But we, you've known him as long as I. Well, you've known him longer than you've seen him a lot more than uh, than I have. But we all know with Rash, even now, he gets a bit lazy sometimes in his action when mm. he's not playing every day or he's not bowling the overs that he should be as a leg spinner because he's a very specialist art. If he's not bowling the overs, he's got to be very careful because you're only two or three bad games away from not playing for your country.
5: Mm. Well, it's a risk. You know, he's taking a he's taking a risk. Uh, you could call it a calculated risk. I mean, I'm frustrated because Rashid, his best, should be playing test cricket for England. 100%. You know, Mm. and this is my frustration. I said this to him, you know, (sighs) whose fault that is, God, we could be here all day talking about that. But (laughs) bottom line is, with the talent he's got, you've seen his natural talent in all three formats of the game, is staggering, really. Mm. Um, and And it's a frustration to me that he's not playing for England. He should be. You know, with the talent he's got, he should be playing for England in Test Cricket as well as the other formats. But, you know, how much, how much does he want it? You know, only he knows that. Um, but, you know, I think from our point of view, we are where we are with this. And, you know, we've got to make the most of it this year. We're going to assess, obviously, at the end of the season how it's working for, for both parties. And we'll, you know, we'll take it from there. But, um, you know, it's a shame if he, you know, if he does waste his talent, um, it would be a great shame.
6: Martin, I know it's uh, you'll be guessing slightly, but uh, you know Joe Root's another player that knows Rashid very, very well uh, from his Yorkshire uh, time, uh, captain of the Test team. Do you think that the decision that Joe Root made as part of uh, the, uh, the greater selection process, not to pick Rashid for the Ashes, with Mason Crane getting the nod, do you think that might have just been the, the tipping point? Rashid knew that if Joe wasn't going to pick him and he's not going anywhere for a few years, then... His test chances are much slimmer than maybe they would have been a few months ago.
5: Yeah, I think it was. You know, it, it tells us all, really, doesn't it, where he sits in the pecking order. And, and as I say, you know, it's it's up to England to to let Rash know what he needs to do to get back into that test side if if he if he so wishes. Um, you know, and I'm not party to those to those conversations. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I asked Rash. To, to find out what does he need to do if he really wants to play Test cricket. What does he need to do to get back in the team? Um, you know, and I've not seen him. You know, I've not seen him on winter, so I don't know what those conversations have gone like. But you know, for us sat here, we, it, it kind of tells you everything you need to know. You know, Mason Crane being picked ahead of him, given he's hardly played for Hampshire, um, gives you some idea of, I guess, what the England selectors are thinking about Russian Test cricket at the moment. So you know, part of me can understand why Rash has made this decision.
4: Mm. Oh yeah. The frustration must be there from him when he saw Mason Crane get selected. I was very critical of that. I'm not saying he's a bad bowler, but you can't pick a player who's averaging nearly 50 in four day cricket last season over someone who's done it year in, year out for his County. And, and and he's got five for us playing for England. So yeah, strange decision. I'm with you 100% on that, Martin. I mean, the worry I've got for Yorkshire is, but you've got some fantastic, talented cricketers there who are they're getting on now. They're, they're not old, but they're getting on. They're experienced players. You've got two who could easily go down. And my worry is you've got Butler already hinting about T20s. You've got Willie, and you've also got Plunkett. You've got two others who could easily follow that route of rash.
5: Mm. Mate, we're planning for that, are we trying to. You know, We've been talking about this for some time, quite honestly. It, mm. It's not it's not a shock to us. Um, So we're, we're trying to get the younger lads up to speed as quick as we can to cover for this potentially happening. And I think, you know, as I said, it's going to, it's going to be something that's going to happen more and more in county cricket. And we've, you know, we've got to be ready. We've got some serious questions to, to answer county cricket of what are we going to do about all this? Because, you know, what do you pay them? You know, what is What is the white ball contract worth? You know, it's, it's only twenty odd days a season. Current championship cricket's fifty four <laughs> days a season, is it? So it's, it's you know, almost a third of the season. That's all white ball cricket. So what do you pay these lads?
4: Well, they'll, um, they'll have know, a figure. In, a big question. Well, it is a massive one, mate. And because, they'll, 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 the problem is, cricketers talk, don't they, Martin? Cricketers mm-hmm. talk on on salaries, and they'll say, oh, you play for Surrey, you get how much a game just for playing white ball, and mm. and and they'll think, oh, well, yeah, that's what I want, but. <laughs> They've got to be realistic in this. This is the big blast. I think it's a fantastic uh, tournament, by the way, uh, T20 cricket in in England. I enjoy watching it. I go to the finals day. I'll be going again this year. Um, I'm booked in. I'll go every year. Fantastic event to watch. Um, And and I think what these guys are looking at as well is down the line, aren't they? They're thinking, hang on a minute, um, not only big blast, but we've also got the new franchise tournament um, coming up as well.
5: In 2020, yeah, I mean that's going to be the big year, and and that's what we're you know we're trying to plan for is 2020, the year 2020, um, because as you say with this franchise, all all the lads who are currently playing county cricket want to be involved in that franchise tournament. So what happens to the counties if they all if they all leave to play in this franchise and we're still playing 50 over cricket? Who's going to play that
7: mm.
5: for us? You know, there's some massive issues to be dealt with, and. And I'd like, you know, as far as these white ball contracts go for, what I'd like is, is the game to decide, well, what happens? So that we can't have players playing counties off against each other. As you say, well, Surrey are paying me a fortune to still play white ball, but Yorkshire, they're paying me peanuts, so I'm not going to play for that. Mm. we've got to try and avoid that situation. Well, it's going to be like football,
4: isn't it? It'll end up like football. It'll end up like you've got the Chelsea dominated, then you've got the Manchester City dominating. It'll just become the richest clubs, the most successful. Mm. That's what it'll become. And I I kind of get where the smaller clubs are coming from because Test cricket uh, counties do uh, kind of run the show, don't they, Uh, as far as attracting the big players. And when you've got a county like Yorkshire, we can attract players, young talent, because it's Yorkshire County Cricket Club. And yeah. um, but so it's always going to be a little bit of that. I'll tell you what, you need to do, Frog. I mean, um, I'm up for the coach's gig, 2020. Um, <laughs> uh, the Yorkshire franchise. Um, I'm perfect. <laughs> and I won't pick any of your players. I won't pick any of your players, mate. I'll look after. You. I just thought we can afford you, mate. <laughs> hey, I'll do it for no mate. <laughs>
5: hey, we've got that on record. <laughs>
6: yep, yeah. yeah, we've we've recorded that. Um, Martin, before before we let you go, just talking about the, uh, the big, you know, apart from the Adil Rashid um, decision this week, there's actually two other huge bits of news for Yorkshire, good news as well. Ash's test 2023. There was some speculation Hampshire were going to get it. And of course, the franchise. So you are going to be, uh, as expected, you're going to have uh, your franchise uh, team at Headingley. Would you have been worried about the future of cricket? in yorkshire if those two decisions hadn't gone your way
5: yeah i mean the big decisions for us and there's been a lot of work gone into you know uh, um bidding for those uh, uh, two events as, as it were so it, it's massive for us because obviously the new stand being built at Headingley at the moment and and that's going to increase the revenue as well as the capacity at the ground um and obviously we've got this debt, so you know, I mean, basically these decisions now mean that we can start paying off the debt, which you know will will be a big a big boost for the club financially. Um, but you're right, I think you know we've only had one Ashes Test in the last 11 years or something like that, so I think you know for Yorkshire not to have Ashes Test matches is a is a is a big part of you know making sure we we keep cricket in the forefront uh, in this part of the world.
6: Brilliant stuff. Well, look, Martin, thanks for being so candid uh, with us um, about our uh, deal and uh, the problems uh, facing all all director of crickets and coaches uh, up and down the country these days. But it's, uh, it is it uh, is an interesting times, that's for sure. But uh, really appreciate your honesty in uh, joining us on the show.
5: Brilliant, mate. Pleasure. Thank you. Good to speak to you. All the best. Cheers, thanks, mate. Man.
6: That's uh, Martin Moxon, Yorkshire Director of Cricket. Uh, uh, Goffy, we're actually going to be able to talk about England very shortly here on Darren Goff's Cricket Week.
1: Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Sports 2.
0: In the air towards Long Off this time, and that's six more.
7: Unlucky, Tom.
0: Unlucky, Tom. <laughs> hit down the ground and hit for six. Beautiful clean strike. I reckon we've got a catch. That's gone a long way up. And I think it's gone for six again. Clean striking from Milan. Ah, uh, he didn't, he didn't make him drag it at all.
8: 50 comes up and that is huge. Jordan hits and hits beautifully. What a final statement that is. Well, that'll do. That'll help. A good start for Munro. One into the crowd. Holds it there. Disappears into the corporate set, tents, but on the roof of the corporate tents. Well, this time over the offside. What oh, would have been one of the great catches, and Billings is very, very good. It just eludes him. Six more. That'll be what New Zealand need. That's target one achieved. New Zealand have qualified now for that final at Eden Park on Wednesday. They De on down the ground. Has he been able to do
1: it? No! England have cut it off. They've defended. They have done a wonderful job, but it's really counted at the end.
6: Thanks to Sky Sports for that. Strange game, Goffey. Must be said, England winning but losing. Uh, New Zealand losing but winning. Um, <laughs> You know, both teams are distant second to Australia. Uh, the final might not even take place. We've uh, Just to let you know, down here in New Zealand, we're awaiting a cyclone, Cyclone Gita. don't know where they get their names from. About to hit. It's going to hit tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow. Um, so we might not even get the final. Did we learn anything at all from this T20 series?
4: Um, I think what we uh, learned is but Milan. Um, is definitely uh, going to be part of the plans uh, for England. Um, I think what we've learnt is we've got a bit of work to do. For some reason, for a team that is so good at 50 over uh, cricket, we tend to be inconsistent in our T20 stuff. I think it is a bit of a lottery anyway. I think all the teams, any team can beat anybody, and you know, I'm including Afghanistan could beat England, um, could beat Australia, could beat New Zealand. I think it's such a lottery, the game. It really, really is. And that's why I talk mm. about the real, real t- talent for me is, is in the 50-over uh, period. So cause, because anybody can beat anybody in this form, the T20. They really, really can. One bit of genius, five great overs, three good overs, and the game's over.
6: Uh, Sam Billings didn't take his opportunity again, did he? It's, no. um it's, it's a worry for him. I mean, it's difficult to carry drinks, but he has played, I think, nine of the last 10 T20s, uh, and somebody else is going to come up on the inside, like Milan has, actually, because Stokes is going back into that side. Um, you know, Root's going back into that side. Morgan's not going to be injured every game. Uh, for me, I was surprised at how poorly both Alex Hales and Jason Roy... <laughs> played throughout the whole series.
4: The Alex Hales situation, I'm a bit worried, actually, um, for Hales. Um, for someone who's so destructive, I think he might... I think they're going to be looking at him and thinking, hang on a minute, if his form doesn't improve over the next few matches, he could be one who goes. Um, well,
6: Bearstow's you know, Bairstow in and around come. the side.
4: I think Bairstow will go straight back in. I really do. Well, if
6: he does, because if you look at this top six, or I've just quickly written it down... Let's just say, okay, Hales, Roy—they're the—they're the openers. They're the, the blokes in uh, in possession. But neither, well, Hales scored. He had. A, let me have a look at the book. Actually, I think Hales scored. When I say the book, like listeners are supposed to know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm just looking back at my. That's right. Hales hit 47 against New Zealand. That, that's about it, really. Um, so, Roy and hales they both of their positions are in doubt. Milan nailed it. Root will go straight back to four. Morgan's back at five. Stokes is in at six. Mm. Butler's back to seven. So that is absolutely cast iron. So you're right. Bairstow could, you could make an argument for Bestow coming in for Roy or Hales.
4: Yeah. I think it'd be more likely going to be um, Hales if besto comes in. And that's amazing, really. When you think of Hales, how destructive he can be. But he could easily be left out. Uh, for someone like Bester, who's... He's been fantastic in all forms, by the way, Johnny Bester. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in, but at some point they're going to have to make a decision um, and get some consistency in the selection. I think this will be the last time for a while they rest some of the players. I think Root now has to play some T20s, not part of the IPL. So I think it would have been massive for for Root, to be be fair, to be playing in this uh, tri-series. But he was rested. Um, Moeen Ali I can understand oh, yeah. I can understand Oh hang on We've forgotten
6: Wokes as well
4: Oh yeah Wokes, is, uh, to Wokes be fair, and Ali
6: Have both uh, got to get back in No that side. I don't
4: think Wokes Will get in the T20 side Really? I, I, it sounds daft doesn't it They've just gone for A million quid In the um, In the yeah. IPL And he might he not Get in England's loss, yeah. best 11 Because I think Willie Swings the new ball With uh, yeah. out. The only thing is now If Wokes plays It'll be for Plunkett That injury might be a massive kick in the teeth uh, for um, for Plunkett because it's come at a bad time. Like I said, Wokes going out to the IPL now could impress and he goes straight back in. I think Jordan will keep his place in the side purely because of his death skills. Tom Curran yeah, has showed, well. that he can bowl well at the death as well. And Rashid is yeah. your leg spinner. And Moeen Ali's is going to be your second spinner there. He comes in for Dawson. Stokes is going to come in for Billings. Um, Basto comes in possibly for Rails. Root comes in from Milan. Milan turns into that um, the Billings role, as in squad player. Uh, so yeah, listen, it's good luck <laughs> picking that eleven. Uh, but that that's a positive in a way. I think because when you look at New Zealand, although they beat us in one, the lost one, and they're in the final, I think their best eleven is their best eleven. They've, go, they've yeah. got nowhere to go uh, from there.
6: No, and, and the point that you made a couple of weeks ago. You know, these these players are coming in cold. You know, Chris Jordan hasn't played a lot of cricket. David Willie's played a bit of Big Bash. Um, Tom Curran's played, a, you know, a couple of ODIs. James Vince, David Milan, they had not played much cricket in a month. And Australia, they're in the middle of their summer. They're absolutely on it. Um, and when you actually look at that England side, the one that they should or they could put on the field, that could be any team in the world.
4: Mm, exactly. Exactly. Um, without a doubt. And I, I really enjoyed this tri-series. I know it's had some criticism, but I think I, I think it was just on the back of one day. We'd seen England play Australia, England play Australia, all these tests and all these one-days. But I really enjoyed it. They um, got on to New Zealand, and you've seen Australia play New Zealand, which is always a good spectacle. You just mentioned it earlier, at Auckland as well. Such an hard ground yeah. uh, to bowl on. If you don't get it right, you can go for runs. And there were sixes galore. Then you saw mm. England... Uh, playing in Hamilton. Munro reminded us how good a T20 player he is. Um, Seven sixes he hit in that 18 ball 50. And that's what we love Mm. about cricket. Guptal showed everyone why he's a good cricket. But there's so many questions about England in that last uh, one day. The way we bowled at Munro... wasn't great. Um, the planning surely there. Um, the boundary is quite short, leg side. His strength is yeah. that sweep shot, leg side yep. flip uh, that, that uh, he's got. We didn't bowl well to him. Gubtal doesn't play spin, uh, re- that good. That's why he didn't get an IPL contract in the first place, even no, though yeah, I think him up do. a bit, didn't they? Yeah, I think he's a, a, a fantastic player, and I would have him in my IPL side, but um. But the reason they pick him is, but they think he's got a slight weakness against the the spin. Although he's got a good sweep shot, as he's tucked into rash a couple of times in the series. So there is question marks, and um, but we come out of it with a win in the end. And I thought the way um, Jordan and um, what's his name, uh, Tom Curran, bowled the yeah. last two overs was fantastic. And I think those two are going to be our death bowlers uh, now. Um, New Zealand have got some questions. I thought Chapman played uh, a poor innings, really. And Ross Taylor. What is Ross Taylor now? Fantastic cricketer he's been for many, many years. But to come in, I think when he comes in down the order at five and six, it's almost wasted. Do you know where I'm coming yeah. from? He's almost he's, wasted. He's,
6: well, I think they, were, uh, they they did the same thing on Friday. I think they wanted to, uh, that Seifert and Chapman, I think they wanted to give them some game time. So that uh, T20 on Friday, it cost them the game actually. Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor kept themselves back and they put those youngsters up the order um, and they just wasted time. Uh, same thing kind of happened at Hamilton as well. Um, just very briefly, Goffey, looking ahead to, the, uh, to the, the ODIs. The first one gets underway on Sunday uh, at the same ground, Hamilton. Stokes is back in the country. Mm. Um, I mean, there's mixed messages. The the coach, Bayless, says he won't play. Morgan, the captain, says he probably will. Um, but uh, very briefly, your thoughts on, on Stokes back in the side and, and what you expect from the, from the one-day series?
4: Um, I think it's going to be close, uh, this one-day series. Um, I'd like to think England have just got the advantage. They're, they're in fantastic form in that uh, version of, of cricket. Very, very strong side. They kind of play... 50 overs as they play 20 overs. so England yeah. uh, have took it to another level now. They go from the start all the way through, strong batting line-up all the way through. New Zealand will be more workman-like. They'll get off to a flyer with a new ball, try and get off after our seamers, and then the building-ins with Taylor and Williamson, that yeah. sort of cricketer and Chapman, that's, they'll try and build in-ins uh, with the cricketers they have, as England will just go for it from the start all the way down to number 11. And that's the it's way weird
6: they'll... that they can do it in 50 over cricket, but not 20 over cricket.
4: Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? England, but that's what they're trying to do, you see. They're trying to transfer that 50 over stuff, which they have. They've took 20 cricket over cricket to 50, but now, for some reason, they can't do it at 20, but they're doing it at 50 on a regular basis. Um, England, on their day, in that form of the game, are going to get 450. I promise you, well, they're going to get 450 at in, in, in some point, just the way they play. Um, and with the grounds in New Zealand there's no better place to do it so I'm looking forward to the series I think there'll be lots of runs Um, and I think the battle will be is England's spinners so Rashid and possibly uh, Moin Ali and then against New Zealand's spinners which is going to be Sodhi i hold that please, level 5,
0: thank you Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi, nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now the most important thing to know is to urge in the biparcel rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to urge in the channel bin been bingus at the biparcel rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
2: Uh yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations.
7: Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com dot slash boast.
4: And um, who else have they got? I'm missing one. Know, uh, sorry, Santa, Santa. So yeah. I think the battle's going to be against the two spinners. Whoever bowls best in, in the teams on the spin department will win the series for me.
6: Um, Goffey, we've got plenty more to come on the show. Uh, Ashley Giles is going to be joining us for uh, Test of Time. Tamal Mills talking from Dubai ahead of his stint in the Pakistani Super League. And we've got the county preview as well. Glamorgan this week. Uh, Plenty more to come on the show. You're listening to Talk Sport 2 and it's Darren Goff's Cricket Week.
1: Test of Time with Darren Goff on Talk Sport 2.
6: Well, Goffey, this is uh, fast turning out to be my favourite bit of the, of the show and uh, it's been a pretty good show so far but uh, I've been really looking forward to uh, to uh, this week's test of time when uh, well, we're, we're kind of looking back to uh, a similar uh, tour to uh, to one we did two weeks ago with Marcus Triscothic didn't we, when 2000 was the year for that famous uh, series in Pakistan and then just a couple of months later uh, it was uh, Sri Lanka now, uh, Pleased to say that uh, one of the uh, men that was mentioned uh, quite uh, regularly throughout that uh, conversation with Marcus um, is going to be joining us uh, with the chat this week. And it's, uh, well, it's current director of cricket at Warwickshire, Ashley Giles. And uh, uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the show, Ashley. Uh, first question to you both. Did you Did you all go home between the Pakistan and Sri Lanka tours or did you stick around out there? How did it work?
8: Yeah, I mean... We went home for, I think it was only about two or three weeks. Um, and, and it was a break we needed, actually. I Because Pakistan was my first test tour. And we'd been away, I think, Goffy, we'd had three weeks in Kenya before that in the yes. ITC Trophy. So we'd been away for about 11 or 12 weeks. It was a long trip. And I'd lost a lot of weight. I think I'd lost about 10 kilos on the whole trip. So I needed to go back for a good feed.
4: <laughs> to be fair, mate, I was the same. Uh, I had plenty of weight on so I had a bit to lose uh, but <laughs> by end of Pakistan after those trips it was really, really good and um, I remember, if you remember Jalo, just to let people know, he's, but uh, we were very successful in Pakistan. You were a, a, a big player um, on in Karachi towards the end. If you remember on the plane going out, I chatted to Trez about this, we whistled escape to victory, didn't we? Out on the uh, PIA flight uh, back to Heathrow. I'll uh, never forget that. But then, we were looking, didn't we? We did get on for Christmas, which, like you just said, was fantastic, wasn't it?
8: Yeah, I mean, I have such fond memories of Pakistan. Yeah, so my first trip, uh, yeah. first test trip, winning in Karachi in the dark, um, I think I got 17 wickets in the series. So I yeah. played a part, and, I was, and great place to go as a spinner because you're going to bowl a lot of overs. Um, and just some of the experiences, the camaraderie with the team, um, going up the Khyber Pass. Do you remember that, that trip up into over the border of Afghanistan, we did... Don't you, we start, don't you start,
4: don't you start, because you know exactly I didn't go on that one. I was the only one who didn't. I stayed back, <laughs> and I gave someone my camera, if you remember. And um, I got me, when I went to the... Uh, for, for, I think it was chemist back then, you could get the develop the photos, and they all yeah. came back, and I'm not going to say what was on those photos. <laughs> there was plants, male objects on their bodies, <laughs> uh, shoes... There were nothing about the Kuiper Pass. <laughs> it was just plants and insects. Yeah. Not, it absolutely did me for a kippah.
8: Uh, it, was a, it was a great trip. Do you remember going to um, McDonald's as well, that we were there? Yeah. you come on that trip with us, and we, yeah. because we, we'd all heard, didn't we, that McDonald's was the same everywhere in the world. <laughs> and, so we gave it a go, and, and it was. It was brilliant. It was <laughs> such a great escape from the, from the cell.
4: <laughs> well, we were in the I Commission every night, the American one. We didn't go to the British one. We were in the American one, weren't we? Because that was uh, fantastic. Uh, we used to go play yeah. snooker. and, and I don't know, We lost
8: weight, to be honest. Because we, we ate egg and chips in there every night, and we went to McDonald's,
4: and <laughs> we
8: bought chocolate in the hotel. Um, but it was, it was a fantastic trip.
6: Yeah, I, I tell you what, guys, this is one of the reasons I love this section of the show. It's that insight... Into uh, we haven't even talked about anything on the cricket field apart from seventeen wickets because uh, you didn't yeah. just take wickets in Karachi, did you, Ashley? You uh, there was four in Lahore, six in Faisalabad, and then seven as uh, England won in Karachi. So you know that yeah. must on your first your first tour, you know you couldn't have asked uh, you couldn't have asked for things to go much better. Yeah, and
8: there was quite a lot of pressure on us. Remember, because there was me and and um, Ian Salisbury with the spinners and, we, you know, we weren't particularly rated. I only played one test match before. Sauls hadn't played that much. So, um, you know, we were pretty much written off before we'd started the series, but uh, I bought a lot of overs in Lahore and sort of hit my straps, and then we were into it, but I do remember that stuff off the field. We, You know, us all being on the same floor of a hotel, all our doors open all the time, guys wandering in and out. There was a really good spirit, mm. and, you know, some very senior players on that trip, but... Uh, for a young guy, you know, playing in his first tour, making his first trip abroad, it, you're made very welcome.
4: Jello, just on, on that on, and on the tours, yeah, we came home for Christmas. But I'll tell you what, when I look back on my career and I think about my fitness and I think about, like I say, you, you always worked on your fitness as well. Some of us had to more than others. But I think that's as fit as I think I've, as I've ever been, um, that tour to Pakistan and going to Sri mm-hmm. Lanka. The work we put in before... And the work yeah. we put in, didn't we, when we first got back to Sri Lanka, I remember, I'm sure that was the tour we did the bleep test.
8: Yeah, it could well have been. I, I, I do, I mean, that's the thing that hits you when you get to Sri Lanka, isn't it? Is the, the heat. The heat and the humidity to try and train in that. It it, it works wonders, but it is brutal. The amount of, and I, you know, I just talk about, when guys talk about going to Sri Lanka, I remember just, as soon as you leave your hotel room or leave the hotel, you just sweat and you just have to, you just put up with it. You end up changing your socks every session, don't you, your shirt every session. Um,
4: I didn't. I had lucky socks, jilo I never changed my socks. I wore them for the old <laughs> test match, mate.
8: <laughs> but we used to weigh in and weigh out, didn't we? Do you remember four games? We used to weigh in and, and um, weigh every session. And At one point, I was losing three and a half kilos a session just in, in water, um, which you're supposed to replace every session, but almost impossible, isn't it, to drink that? that amount
4: of water in, in 40 minutes. Uh, by the way, um, I shouldn't admit this, but um, I used to hate doing the weighing session because I used to love getting weighed at the end when you'd lost it, but then I used to hate getting weighed <laughs> the next morning to see i put it back on. I used to hate that bit. <laughs> so I, I, found, I found myself not drinking water because I wanted to be lighter the next day, not realising, but I went into the game dehydrated. But when it comes into that, I mean, we went into uh, the first test, um, in goal, we knew it was going to be difficult in Sri Lanka, uh, they're a very very aggressive side weren't they and do you know something, that team they were a fantastic team that Sri Lankan side we talked about, uh, we crofted about Zimbabwe how good they were in 97 Jalo underestimated them, but this Sri Lankan side were at the top of the game, they'd won World Cups uh, they've got some unbelievable players with experience. Atapatu, Jair Saria, Sangakaru had just coming in. Jair Wadin had just come in. They went on to be great players, by the way. Um, so they had, Aravinda
6: they, de Silva. Oh, mate, Aravinda!
4: I forgot about Aravinda. Mm. How good was he? So they were a very good side, weren't they? Yeah, I
8: mean, the Pakistan trip was a tough test, but I think we all knew going to Sri Lanka mm. in their conditions, on their turf, they're an incredibly tough team to beat. And that first test, um, sort of went almost perfectly for them, didn't it? They won the toss, and, and as soon as you won the toss in that pitch, you could see it was going to dis- disintegrate. And Atapatu just booked in for bed and breakfast, didn't and got a big score. Um,
4: <laughs> it... Well, it, it was that bad, Jalo, in that game. I don't know if you remember this, but I ended up bowling off spin. I just thought, there's no way I'm running in and running off 20 <laughs> yards, when he got to about 150. And he's, he was just so slow, didn't he? He never took a risk. He just yeah. battered and battered. About. I thought, but just try and play a shot or something. He just thought, no, he ain't getting out on that wicket. And that's what they do very well, the Sri Lankans. I mean, Jay has done it plenty of times. Atapatu, Aravinda, Sangakaro, yeah. we've seen it. When these boys get in, they're hungry to go on and get big ones, aren't they? Yeah, and that's
8: a bit of a taste of sort of... It in the subcontinent, isn't it? it? Can be quite slow and turgid, and it's almost just outlasting your opposition. Mm. And then the end of at the end of matches, match, you know, the, the game accelerates really quickly. But that first bit, yeah, these guys are really adept at just batting long periods. I think Aravinda was the only one in that series who really came at me. I think he, as an experienced player, and me being a young bowler, recognised perhaps I'd done all right in Pakistan, but I'm I'm not going to let this kid settle. And he, he ran at me quite a lot. Um but none of them really scored at a massive break. Mm.
6: No, they didn't. Atapatu he went at a strike rate of thirty seven. That's what I mean. He, compiling he just... that two hundred. I mean you were bowling for hundred and seventy overs in that first innings, it and like that's it.
4: uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forty eight of them. that's a that's a lot of overs isn't it 48 overs mate I mean uh, the the last
8: time I bowled 48 overs I think was when when you got 100 at Headingley I know this is the Darren Goff show so we might as well talk about that as well yeah
4: 121 (laughs) mate it was yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we won
8: yeah you got 100 off me and I bowled about 48 overs in the match or in the innings and I think I got you out you were the last man out I think weren't you
4: yeah, I think I was. I had
8: one wicket before then in about 48 overs. So it was a long. Sorry, right. long... half
4: your average. What's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> but like I say, I can't remember who got the wickets for them. I'm sure it's got to have been Murley. I know he got me out in both innings. I think. <laughs> I know he definitely got me out in the second because they got a pair.
8: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. W- yeah, I know Murley opened the bowling.
6: Yeah, Murley opened the bowling with Chaminda Vase. So they're probably yeah, arguably that- their best two bowlers <laughs> in history. You know, you mentioned that the batting lineup, which is arguably their best batting lineup in their history, um, their bowlers weren't bad either. Chamindavas and, um, and Murali coming in to open the bowling. Funnily enough, England didn't bat 170 overs, but uh, lasted 132 overs and only made 253.
4: Oh, dear.
8: Yeah, Jair Surrey got a lot of wickets, didn't he? He was tricky that, that trip. He got mm. a couple of um, helpful decisions, should we say, I think, from, <laughs> as I remember, from the. Uh, Umpires, but he, uh, he he bowled at a pace which was really quick when it when it, when it spun on it, and it spun it it beat the outside edge. But he got a lot of LBWs that series as well. Chester. So he was tricky on those pitches.
4: Yeah, he's straight on. uh, In the first innings, we actually got, like I said, 250-odd. I think Trez got 120. That's when Trez, he had the sweep show, wasn't it? He was sweeping a lot uh, back then. And, um, yeah, he got off to a a good start. But 253, we were never going to be in the game, were we, on that that pitch? Like I say, it was getting worse. The ball was turning. They'd won the toss, as you said. And it was dry, the pitch. And it was almost an impossible task to survive from then on in. Yeah, Trez
8: was brilliant. That series. Um, I remember we went back a couple of years later, 2003, the next time we went back, and it was then that Murali uh, invented his other one as well. So he was not only turning his off a square and bowling a toppy, he was also bowling the Guthrie, and it just changed the game again. Fres went from he, he played him really well in that 2001 series to, you know, what do I do now? Because, you know, I can't pack up, I can't leave anything. Um, it's just, just a different game.
4: Well, he had to, didn't he? Because that was—if Murray Lee had a weakness, actually, it was it was pulling to some of the left-handers. He struggled yeah. against Thorpe. He struggled against Trez. He struggled against uh, Lehman. I remember when they played Australia, um, yeah. and when I played for Yorkshire and Lehman played for us, he got a double against Murrellie. Absolutely smashed him to all. I'd never seen anybody do that to Murray Lee, that Lehman did to him playing against Lancashire. Yeah. So, if if he had any struggle, it was against left-handers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was.
8: Yeah, definitely. Um... Trez left really well, but anything then anything slightly full he picked off really well through the offside. Thorpe did that well as well, you know, just sort of drop kicking him back over his head. I remember really well. Um, but for us, I remember it was just such a difficult customer. It was like the ball was fizzing, wasn't it, when it when it came down? It was it was horrible the amount of reps he got on the ball. Really, um, well- r- really good ball in his own conditions.
6: Well, stay stay there, if you don't mind, Ash, because uh, we wouldn't be talking about this tour if it ended uh, as badly as the first test went. A win for Sri Lanka by an innings and 28 runs. And we, as I say, we wouldn't be talking about it 17 years later. Uh, if uh, England can come back and do something pretty uh, remarkable, we'll be talking about that very shortly on Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2.
1: Test of time! With Darren Goff on Talk Sport 2.
6: Uh, You're listening to TalkSport2, Darren Goff's Cricket Week. uh, Test of time, which this week looks back at uh, the tour of Sri Lanka that England made in early 2001. Uh, A three-test tour, uh, much like the one that's coming up later this year, didn't start the way that uh, we would have hoped, uh, with England going down by an innings in the first uh, test match. The second test match was at Candy. um, And I'm guessing that it was a bit of a different pitch because although sri lanka won the toss and decided to uh, to bat first all 10 wickets went the way of seamers four for goffey four for Caddick and even uh, craig white chipped in with a couple so uh, um, i suppose when the uh, the toss went against you uh, ashley and uh, and goffey you thought here we go again but i mean how early in the uh, in proceedings did you realize that it might actually
8: um, go your way yeah well, if I remember rightly there was there was a bit of a green tinge to it, and it it was a huge surprise for us, having gone down so badly in in the first test you know I, I thought we'd get more of the same um and they'd really look to put the you know the foot on the throat, but um it played right back into our hands in that series, and goffey and Caddy's eyes remember lit up when the first few <laughs> went through, and it, it completely. Uh, out of character for Sri Lanka, really, to prepare a pitch like that that would suit our bowlers
4: so much. I agree totally. Uh, we got to Candy After goal, I just thought, well, I ain't going to be doing much bowling on these pitches, um, mm. if I'm going to be honest. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if we'd have played three or even four spinners, I thought, after goal. Um, but we got to Candy, And I don't think it seemed a lot, but it had definite carry to it. And I remember bowling a ball to Aravinda. Uh, I don't know if you remember it, Jailo, where he came in, didn't we? Got early wickets, but then he came in and I went at him and I bowled him the short ball and he fended it off and my eyes just lit up and uh, took took his wicket. And then from then on in, me and Sekadik and uh, Craig White, that first inning, so we had, we had pace between us, three of us. We weren't rapid, but Chalky on his day could be right up there uh, as quick yeah. as anything. And uh, to dismiss him under 300, we thought, hang on a minute, we've got a chance here. And uh, Jay Wadener was the one who got runs for them. And what a player he is, by the way. Um, he was just coming on the scene there, really. 101 he got.
8: Yeah, he, he was... Um, I played a, I played against him on an A-tour uh, in 97, uh, 97, 98. And he, he looked a fantastic player then. Looked really young, as he was. I mean, he'd been around a long time, hadn't he, until he retired mm. recently. But um, another uh, real workman... Um, it would not give a lot away. I think that's the thing you felt I felt as a spinner in Sri Lanka. Although you they're very difficult to bowl to, um, if you bowled if you held your lines and lengths pretty well, they very rarely came at you and tried to to take you apart. They would just look to um to build innings really slowly.
4: Would you um, say they're totally different to the Indians and the Pakistanis?
8: Yeah, certainly from uh, my experience with the Indians is they, they will look to come at you a little yeah. bit more. Um, Pakistanis again. I thought the pitches there didn't really allow for that. It was quite that, that series we had before we went to Sri Lanka was quite turgid wasn't it? It was yeah. real slow cricket um, until again accelerated at, at Karachi at the end. But um, I think that's just the style of how they play. If you bowl well at them, they do they will let you bowl, um, and you can you don't get away with any bad balls. Don't get me wrong, but um, they do they do play quite cautiously.
6: So 297 all out. Still not a bad score, uh, with Jai Wardner getting a century. Uh, but, you know, they left the door open, but it needed uh, some players to, to tough it out. And, you know, with the likes of Hussein and Thorpey and, uh, and Stewart in the side, that's exactly what happened. Looking at these strike rates, by the way, very unlike Alex Stewart to be going at 33 for 160-odd uh, deliveries. But, uh, you know, the game was kind of in the balance, wasn't it, uh, when Hickey went 236 for five but Craig White chipped in with a score. So did Crofty um, mm. and Stewart and a first-innings lead of uh, just under 90. Um, and that really uh, that, that proved to be a big difference. And uh, and uh, do I need to mention who got another four wickets in the second innings? Right. Yeah,
8: it's a Darren Goff show, isn't it? So we, <laughs> we better talk about <laughs> it. Right. I mean, you know, Goffley, uh, trying to spare his blushes slightly, but sure, that series was fantastic to, to run in as, but as all our teamers did uh, as hard as they did um in conditions like that is is a fantastic effort. I mean I, I know what Goffy means. When you see something go through though, when you when there's a bit of graft there, a bit of carry, I'm sure it gives you a great boost. But um those guys are brilliant in that that series and, and particularly in that test match to get us back in it.
4: Yeah, you have to you have to cash in and um not often you could bowl within yourself, um, in goal, which I did end up bowling off spin and I thought I'm not wasting my energy here. But when the conditions suited that's when that's when you've got to have another gear. And I think it's the same with a spinner because you guys the pressure's on, isn't it? You know what it's like playing on the grind grind of county cricket. As soon as you turn up to a spinner, your position look at you, your your teammates look at you, don't they, and say, Oh, Charlotte will ball well on you.
8: I yeah. yeah. It's horrible, yeah.
4: isn't it? It's the worst thing anybody can say to you. Oh, it's got some green on it, it's got some grass on it here. Um, everybody's mm. saying, oh, is going to be uh, an handful on here. Because it immediately puts pressure on you. And, but I saw it as a challenge because I thought, well, I'm not going to get another one like this. It's Colombo's definitely not going to be like this because we'd had warm-up games there. Goal mm. wasn't, and I just thought, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give everything I've got in, in candy because I'm cashing in. I'm getting my average under 30. <laughs> yeah.
8: Yeah, and you did. It oh, got beautiful, you guys. I mean, there was a bit of controversy as well, wasn't it? There? there was a bit of niggle that test match. Oh, the
4: umpire, wasn't it? He gave uh that one. The he? A slip. Was that the one? Yeah. Yeah, I thought caught one that
8: might have bounced about 20 <laughs> foot in front of him, I think. Um, <laughs> it was a great catch. He died full-length, one-handed, but it, it was one-hand, one-bounce. Um, and it, it was a poor decision. I mean, nowadays, it would, it would be referred straight away, wouldn't it? But it was almost sort of like a full toss, wasn't it? Half-volley. Mm sort of length it was difficult to see but um, certainly got us, got us in the game and there was, I remember that test there was consistent niggle I think because we were back in it and we were giving them a bit as well
4: Well um, I'll tell you one of their that, cricketers was, was Dilshan, we had trouble with him yeah. I mean, he came onto the scene, he'd just come onto the scene then hadn't he and he played and everybody said he was going to be their next great player and yeah. he was a little, uh, yeah he had a bit of gob on him didn't he, he had some gob on him I always thought about the Sri Lankans Ash when you played against them but they might be small in stature, but I'll tell you what: um, as a group, they're a powerful, powerful group, weren't they? they? They didn't shy out of any confrontation, and we had a few against them over the years.
8: Oh yeah, yeah, they were tough. They were tough to play against, and you always, um, you always knew around the bat, didn't you? There was going to be a lot of oh, noise, yeah. and and it, and you just it, the difficult thing is not to get wrapped up in that. I think when you're when you're playing, because it, it it's just it's like madness around you, uh, all the appealing. I mean, although I remember. Murally must have had so many appeals in that test. And so many, probably, you know, we, we might have got away with. Nass got away with a few. I think he played beautifully with his 100. But I think he got a few away with a few back pads.
4: Um, well, can you imagine the review now? We'd have all yeah. been out for 50. <laughs> <laughs> well we would wouldn't we You go, I'd love to go back to that test series against Pakistan actually and Sri Lanka yeah. and go through them all how many appeals there were because Saki must have bowled 60 overs <laughs> in innings Murali yeah. were bowling 50 yeah. overs and in innings you were there must have been yeah. if we'd have, we'd have had that many appeals we'd have been playing until midnight there
8: was a lot yeah I remember there being a lot but I remember the, the first innings was crucial We took, you just touched on that that we mm. we batted so long but it wasn't it wasn't about the pace at which we batted; it was just about trying to get a first innings lead and get a score because we knew, again, you know, if the wicket didn't deteriorate any more, we were we were well and truly in the game. And um, I guess that's how it turned out.
6: Well, it was uh, first innings lead of ninety, but then Sri Lanka's second innings reduced to three for three, with uh, Goffey uh, taking a couple and Cadic as well. But uh, it was that man. Sangakara, ninety-five. I think he had an absolute, a huge Barney with Atherton during this series, if um, if memory serves. Uh, five short of, I think, what would have been his maiden Test century, and a tricky second inning. or oh, fourth innings chase uh, of a hundred and sixty odd needed. Um, a few wobbles on the way. Yeah,
8: there, there was. Uh, there always is, uh, particularly when the ball spins, or when you've got someone like Muralitharan. As I said, you know that the theatre that that surrounds. Um, everything he does, but the the pitch played into our hands. Vars got four wickets rather than you know, mirrorly, um filling his boots second innings. But there's always, I think England as well. We always like to make a, create a bit of drama. We never make it easy um, <laughs> in in any run chase. I, I don't think I have played many Test matches where we cruised home by nine wickets. Um, hey, did you did
6: you score the winning runs?
8: Um oh, or was it Chalk- was it Craig White? I think Chalky might have that one. I did in the last uh. um but I think Chalky got us over the line there. Yeah, my I my record against Murrilly was just dreadful, so I'm just happy to survive and be at the other end for
4: him. You yeah, were better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, I mean, 160 chase um, is not an easy chase, though, Jai and especially in, in Sri Lanka. And let's be honest about it. I mean, I don't think I moved in that uh, changing room. I would have had my pads on. I think I batted 11 that series, by the way, but I would have had my pads on at seven. but well, I'd have had my pads on at four down because I always thought... Uh, Murrally, in Sri Lanka, it's going to be very, very difficult, especially after they dismissed us in the first test. It was never going to be an easy chase, but we did it, didn't we? We did it.
8: Yeah, yeah. And it it was fantastic. I remember us winning the game, giving Chalky Chalky White a huge bear hug um, and then us making our way down on the bus. Um, We'd managed to to acquire some beers from somewhere, hadn't we, I think, and uh, and it was about a four-hour coach journey back to (laughs) Colombo, but a fantastic feeling whenever you win with England it's a great feeling but in the mm-hmm. subcontinent you just I think you value it just that much more because you know how tough it is
6: well shall we get to the third test we've uh we're battling time a little bit um sorry, man we, man can, of the we ma-
4: can talk we can talk us too that's oh, all sorry absolutely.
6: mate oh yeah. mate it's it. A- it's great to listen. Um so let's get on to Colombo then. That's the third test match and suddenly it's one apiece um and pressure absolutely bang on. But did Sri Lanka win the toss again? They did, didn't they? Won the toss again, decided to bat first. By this point Atapatu, um well he couldn't he couldn't buy a run, and two hundred and forty odd all out first innings. Um, give us an idea about the pitch. Was it uh, it was it was spinning more? That's for sure. Because mm. Ashley got a couple, and Crofty got four. Um, but you were absolutely banging it.
8: Yeah, I mean, I remember it. It's one of those tosses, and we again going back to the or going forward to the 2003 series. We were nil nil going into that last test, and we won the toss there. And it. I wonder whether sometimes when you win a toss on a pitch, you know is going to deteriorate massively. That you just take your eye off the ball a little or you just relax a little bit and I felt perhaps that's a bit of what the Sri Lankans did um, because when we were looking down the barrel they could have you know they' it got a big score we knew that pitch was going to really break up and it was going to be tough for us but a fantastic effort at bottom up two 4 one
4: it was, and uh, the amazing thing is, when we, uh, we saw patu uh, bat like he did in goal, the first test, and we thought, "Well, he's, he's going to be out to get out. I don't think he got another run the whole series, and he got naught in that innings, didn't he? We, just, we seemed to get him out for fun after that first one. We couldn't get him out in, uh, in goal, but then he just couldn't get a run after that. Um, and to, to dismiss him for 241, I think, if we're going to be honest, that dressing room I remember after first day, we always thought, we're in this now we're in this. Yeah. We, we thought when yeah. they won the toss, here we go again, hot day, as you just said, walking down the street in Colombo, it was hotter than anywhere else. It's the hottest I've ever played in. Mm. Um, and he, we, to dismiss them for 2-4-1, I thought, hang on a minute here, we're in this.
8: Yeah, well, I think it... England teams are getting, we, we tend to, we often don't start series well, um, but when we know we're in a bit of a scrap or we've got a sniff, I think we we come to the fore that's not a great habit necessarily because i think it's important you start series well but you know as you say i think we knew then a bit like pakistan really when that window opened and we got a chance then we uh, we certainly jumped through it mm.
6: you certainly did so second well, it turned into a one innings game in the end uh, because uh, a century for uh, for thorpey um, and six wickets for chiminda vass 249 all out and it was down to that uh, that third inning, sri lanka Bowled out for 81 and a uh, really great team effort. Three for Goffey, a couple for Caddick. And, uh, well, I tell you what, 9.1 overs, four maidens, four for 11. Thank you very much, Ashley, Giles.
4: Oh, good for the average, that, Gilo. Yeah,
8: well, I needed it. I, you know, I, I'd i had such a good time in Pakistan and then I got one wicket in two tests in, in Sri Lanka and I'd been carrying an Achilles injury through the end of Pakistan into Sri Lanka and, and struggled quite a lot, I. Um, I actually bowled much better the first innings. That, mm. That's what I was most pleased about. He got two wickets first innings, but had much more control. Was much more, you know, in, the, in those you talk about those right areas, but but always at the batsman. And so going into the second innings, I was I was much more full of confidence. And it's great to play a part in in that sense. You know, you I think I'd have got the odd one that was I think Gilshand was a was a quite a, a poor ball, but he dragged on or something and. Um, but the others, it was, it was great to play a part in the game. I mean, I think it's important to go back to Dorpey because he was oh. outstanding. He almost batted the whole game for us. Yeah, he spent so much time in the middle. And given the conditions, as, as Goffey mentioned, it was just a phenomenal effort.
4: Yeah, it was. 113. he got in that first innings. Never forget that. I can't go without mentioning that. You were part of the hat-trick there, Jailo. Uh, well, you didn't become an hat-trick. You were on an hat-trick. Uh, you avoided it, but you didn't get any runs. And Sheminder yeah. Vass, and so we've got to give a quick one to him because that series, Sheminder Vass as well, showed us how good he was because he didn't have much pace, did he? And it was one of them where... When you went to bat against him, you thought, well, I'm not worried about first innings, he can't knock your head off. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, how skilful was he? He got six for 73, by the way, in that first innings for them. And like I say, he had three for one at one point, where we were in an unbelievable position. Um, yeah. And we ended up being skittled, didn't we? So um, it's a good job we did bowl him out for 81 in the end. Yeah, I mean, Varsity
8: is a fantastic technician again. In, in the, to, to do what he did, his record in... in to play in those conditions most of the time, uh, his use of reverse swing, his control, no great pace. He, he never felt threatened, but he always knew he was going to be in those business areas. Um, but again, yeah, you know, going towards the end of the game, what we knew, whatever we were going to chase, it, it, we, it wasn't going to be a walk in a park, particularly the way that wickets started spinning. Um, and thankfully, we, we fell over the line, didn't we, in the end?
6: Uh, Ashley thanks so much for joining us we've uh, we've, we've reached the end but uh, it nice was talking. such a marvellous series to look back on I, I remember such fondness watching it and just to hear you guys talking about it uh, well just uh, just adds so much to, uh, to the memories I've got and hopefully uh, the listeners as well um, uh, plenty more to come on the show you're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2
1: online and on DAB digital radio Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2
4: Nice ball, Chris Gale Mills comes in Bottom of middle and leg Absolutely brilliant delivery And Somerset A
0: seven for two Halfway through the second over And Chris Gale goes Mills is just a bit too quick It was all about pace and that kind of brawn
6: now, with it being FA Cup weekend, the airwaves on Talk Sport, no doubt filled with the views of Rochdale players after their two-all draw with Spurs. But, as we know, sport isn't always about the good times. It's about the tough moments as well. So credit for our next guest for chatting to us because it's been a bit of a tough winter for sure for uh, our very own Tamar Mills, who speaks to us live from Dubai, head of the Pakistani Super League. And I suppose, T, after a tough winter in Hobart, and uh, having not picked up an IPL gig this year, a chance to show everyone, or remind everyone, I suppose, just what you're capable of.
7: Yeah, definitely. Uh, good morning back home, everyone. Um, yeah, it was, it was a tough winter away. I kind of um, I went out there, having not played for five months, having having torn my hammy with, uh, with Sussex. And then once I did get kind of up to speed I yeah just I was unable to to be as consistent and um, the extra bounce in the in the pitches out there coupled with the you know, the the, um, the strength of, of of the batters playing the short ball uh, um you know found me out a little bit but um yeah it was it was a, it was a tough time but um it yeah, probably the toughest time i've had on the field i've obviously had to had to deal with you know being injured and and stuff off the field but for the most part when i've played i've I've done well and um yeah it was it was a, it was a, it was a real good kind of mental test for me, and you know, as you say, I look, we look to, to come back strong out here starting next uh, this week.
4: So, Mal, um, hi mate. Um, my biggest oh, yeah. my biggest worry um, for someone who's just playing uh, the shorter form of the game, and, and I've said this same about Rashid. When I see Rashid, it's one of them who needs to ball overs. Now, now he's yeah. chosen not to play um, all the forms of the game. I believe it's very, very difficult for a bowler to keep up consistency. How are you coping with that? Because it must be difficult.
7: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I struggled more. Well, obviously, as I said, tore my hamstring in, in Sussex in, in August. It was quite badly, so I didn't. I wasn't able to train. And obviously, by the time my handy was good again, it was the winter in England. So obviously, you're not. You're not doing anything. Um, in in the UK, um, luckily my girlfriend lives in Dubai, so I kind of I, I flew out here a few times and was able to to get some training. But um, yeah, obviously everybody's on a an individual kind of basis. Rash, I, obviously I saw the stuff about Rash in the in the media, and I, I can get where he's coming from with it because you know he's played I don't know I guess over probably 100 130 first class games for, for Yorkshire, and he, he's probably looking at it thinking, oh, you know, those first five games of the year, how much am I really going to bowl? not a lot leg spinning in in, um, April and May. Um, You know, I'll I'll be there. He he said in an interview, didn't he He kind of, he felt he'd be playing just because he had to. So what he can do now is, you know, he's got all this time now to just, you know, maybe spend a bit of time away from cricket. And then the rest of the time, he's just building up to the the 50 over competition. So it's different for everybody. There's there's definitely um, pros and negatives to both. Obviously, i I'm obviously very much on one side of the fence so I'll obviously stand up for anybody and, and make make any any arguments um for kind of any guys that choose this kind of path moving forward.
4: Okay, I mean like I say you've you've managed to get some overs in in Dubai, you went out to um in in Hobart, um and you played in yeah. a very good side by the way, uh Geoffrey Archer yeah. um seemed to have impressed a, a few Any a very very similar uh rise Um, as you wasn't it so you were the perfect man to have alongside him to give him a bit of advice
7: yeah I tried to and kind of uh, a lot of I did some kind of pre-tournament media out in Hobart Um, obviously guys obviously knew that I played with with Joff in the UK whereas nobody else really knew him so kind of um, people were asking me for a bit of insight on on him Um, yeah I, I I said to people you know people in a similar situation as I was last year kind of unheard of and then when, you, when given a platform, if you do well, so you, things can really really blow up for you. And he, he hit the ground running straight away, became you know definitely a, a big cult figure out in in Hobart. Um, we're kind of we were the only uh, professional team in, in Tasmania, so we had you know all the spotlight was on us. And, and yeah, Joff Joff really rose to that, and you know deserve everything that he, he's got since.
4: Well, it's good news, but you're going to be in the, the PSL. I think you played in it last year as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, so that's a bonus for you. But what about the IPL? The disappointment at that. I, I mean, I was surprised. I'll be honest with you, Tamal. I said I'm, I'm, I was surprised, even though you won at your best um, in the big yeah. bash. Um, I was really surprised one of the teams didn't take a, a punt on you purely because of the pace, uh, the slower ball, and everything that goes with it. It's a weird thing that auction uh, process. I've been critical of it in the past. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on it?
7: Uh, I don't mind. Obviously, it's, it's, I don't mind it. I've obviously, I've had both sides of the coin. I went from obviously being fortunate enough to get a life-changing amount of money last year to then getting nothing this year. So you know, I know that's you. You have to take the good with the bad. You can't be you know bitter about it. I've, I've obviously been very fortunate with it. Um, yeah, I knew obviously they work in in um, kind of like in terms of currents and. Um, so if you're hot at the time, which I happened to be last year, Joppa, you know, was this year, just for example, it's all about timing and obviously the, come the timing of the auction, I had, so the day before the auction, I I went for 56 in my four overs. I had my worst kind of statistically, my worst game ever, which obviously definitely, definitely didn't help the, <laughs> the, the you know, I'm sure the coaches and, and the various teams would have seen that, obviously not having a great tournament leading into the auction and then obviously having my worst ever game the, the night before, um, yeah so I actually come the day i was i spoke to my agent and things like that, and I wasn't overly um optimistic i you know I was, I was pretty realistic that things might not work out um it is you know it isn't nice I watched it just on my ipad got a stream of it, and you know when your name comes up and then kind of a bit of silence no bidding it's you know it's it's not, it's not great, but I think you have to take both sides of it i was you know last year for me was was incredible i you know I'll never forget watching it on on TV. I was in Dubai playing in here playing out here and um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of a kind. It's, it's uh, obviously people have negatives of it, but I think it is what it is. And um, yeah, you've got to take the good with the bad. Mm. Uh,
6: Tomorrow, I mean, when you consider where you were three or four years ago, fearing for your future yeah. within the game, I suppose it it just it puts it into context, doesn't it? It's uh, y- you can kind of uh, look at it a little bit more rationally than uh, than maybe uh, maybe some other players.
7: Yeah, for sure, but. Yeah, you still want to do well, don't you? you still want to, especially once you know I've obviously had a taste at the top, played a few games for England, been to the IPL, done kind of well in all these, um, you know, these big competitions. To then have a have a tough, well, tough 12 months really. So barely played at, at Sussex last summer. Well, got injured halfway through the IPL, so missed out on that. they Barely played in Sussex and didn't play anything at all. And then had a bad big bash. Um, as, you, as I said, it's it's been a tough. You know, ten months or, or however long it's been. Um, so yeah, you don't want to experience once you've had a taste at you know at the top, and you you want to be back there and stay there. So definitely hungry to to put it out, put it um, right. But, but yeah, as you, as you said, I you know three four years ago I could have um, not been playing at all. Um, but, yeah, it's tough, tough to think about that when, you know, when you're going for 56 in a in a, in a 2020 game, you're not, you're not <laughs> feeling grateful just for being there, then I'll I'll you that now. <laughs>
4: but the, the good thing is for you, Tamal, as well, um, although you, like, you're very critical of your performance, but yeah, it's very difficult T20 full stop. You don't get it quite right. You, it's, yeah. it's, it's not really... <laughs> you can't hide. But Owen Morgan's no. come out and said some good stuff, though, to keep you in a good frame of mind, but you've still got a chance with England, Um you, you've, you're still in the uh, spotlight for that. You're still someone they're looking at um, when you get back
7: to your best. Yeah, definitely. And I was, I was a bit gutted. I didn't get, even though I wasn't. It was kind of halfway through the big bash, I think it was, and then I, I kind of found out I wasn't selected in the in the upcoming tri series. So I was, I was a bit gutted at the time. But again, I, you know, I understand. And if you're not, you're not at your best, then then you don't get picked. I, I know that's how it goes. Um, obviously, that's where I want to be. I've only had a, a real brief taste of playing for England only played four games I think I think there's quite a few T20s back at home this summer um, against Australia and uh, India I think Um, so yeah obviously starting you know Friday our first game out here hopefully you know just kind of turn a new leaf and and have a good tournament and you know with regard to the IPL as the tournament goes on there's there's always replacement deals and and things like that 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 come about so just try and stay fit and and playing, playing uh, and ready for them. Uh, but, yeah, obviously I want to be back playing for England. Um, I'm actually in, in um, Morg's team out here. He comes out here when he's finished in New Zealand. So it'll be good to, to catch up with him and, and get any, any thoughts about, about what he's thinking in, in the future. But, yeah, obviously, that's where I want to be at.
6: Well, you've always got us as well, matey. If, uh, if uh, it, it all goes terribly, terribly wrong. You've always got talk sport too. But uh, look, we can't end on a, a, to- a totally um, uh, downbeat uh, note. Firstly, if Norwich hadn't equalised uh, in the 95th minute against Ipswich yesterday, I wouldn't have bothered calling you today. Um, and the other good <laughs> bit of news is I've seen the schedule, the cricket schedule, 2019 to 2023 and uh, yeah. if you play international T20s, um, well, you, you're, you're going to be very happy with what you've seen because there's going to be a lot more of it played, not less. Even if the coach, Trevor Bayliss, doesn't want to play it, there is a lot of it to come. But, uh, mate, I really appreciate your time. Go well <laughs> thanks, in the PSL. I'm sure you'll be back to form and uh, we'll see you when you get back to England.
7: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. Love, mate.
6: That's uh, tomorrow. Mills, Karachi Kings, England, Hobart Hurricanes, uh, Sussex, uh, and uh, just a good guy as well, Goffey. I mean, I've, I've worked alongside Tamar, Part of Talk Sport 2's uh, cricket coverage. He's he's done quite a lot of comms with us. He's a he's a bright uh, a bright guy. He's a nice guy. And you know, we all uh, we all suffer setbacks in life. And it's as my dad's used to say, you you dust just you pick yourself up, you dust yourself down, and you go again. And that's just all you can do, really, isn't it?
4: Yeah, especially him. Like I said, I mean, he, he's definitely the 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 one-day specialist, the T20 specialist. I, I I'm still really really surprised nobody did take a punt on him because, um, like I say, when you can bowl at ninety miles an hour plus, if you get it right, a Yorker, good slower ball, change of pace. He's obviously got a good bouncer. Um, he's a very dangerous cricketer. He can win you the game in a couple of overs. You look at Mitchell Stark. Yes, he's a level above uh, Tamal at this moment in time, but when you've got pace. Pacing your side, it's like a good spinner and a good paceman. They win your matches, mate. And um, I'm surprised. I'm not saying he should have gone for 1.5 million like he did the year before, but (laughs) for for 150,000 or whatever it may be, I'm surprised nobody went for him.
6: Absolutely. Definitely worth a punt. And uh, I'm sure we will see him playing back in the IPL at some point. And for England, you know, we've been talking all winter about the need for pace. Well, he's certainly got that. Uh, Plenty more to come on the show. We're going to be uh, continuing our county previews, Talking Glamorgan. Uh, Graham Wagg's going to be joining us uh, very shortly on the show. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2.
1: Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2.
6: So, Coffee, you had a little luncheon last week with a man who was uh, making a few headlines. Um, Well, the ECB were making headlines, weren't they? Because um, uh, unlike the BCCI decide what games are going to be played where about a week before the matches get underway, um, we're a little bit more organised in England, and we know now exactly where all the test matches, all the one-dayers, all the T20s are going to be played between now and the end of civilisation. Uh, And uh, as we spoke to uh, Martin Moxon earlier on the show, heading league big winners... Um, but all the actually all the counties seem relatively happy with their lot. And uh, you caught up with uh, with Mr. Graves, who might even be on the show in a couple of weeks' time. Your old mucker, Colin Graves, last week.
4: Yeah, we've been good friends for a long time. He blames me for getting him involved in uh, Yorkshire cricket many many years ago. Um, he was my benefit chairman back in 2001. Obviously, that's when he met uh, the big wigs at Yorkshire. He ended up running the place. And now he's running the ECB. So, uh, yeah, we catch up every so often. I think he's done wonders. Um, He's obviously a busy man, isn't he, with this new franchise tournament, which he's really passionate about. He's took some criticism. uh, But from chatting to him, I think I'm I'm pretty excited about uh, what's happening. The grounds have come out now, uh, which is going to be great. Eight uh, or cities, Johnny. Um, They're going to be Southampton, Birmingham, Leeds, London, Manchester, Cardiff and Nottingham. So why wouldn't you be excited? Why wouldn't you be excited?
6: Now, call me an old cynic, Goffey, but, you know, it's public record that uh, Yorkshire owes a, a little bit of money. It uh, is indebted to, uh, to Colin Graves and family. The money's in a trust. It's his family trust. Um, and there were some, uh, well, there were some murmurings that, you know, maybe Headingley um were, were treated uh treated well in this agreement it, you know the guy um and i know that he had nothing to do with the actual decision making you know that wasn't his call so we know that but uh you know the guy well tell us a little bit about you know what is what is he like is he is he, a, is he a, a, a huge cricket lover um massive. are there are there rights to be those murmurings
4: massive there's a Cricket Club in York, which he basically financed uh, for years. Um, his brand used to be Cost Cutter Supermarkets, um, and he used to support the local cricket team there and always has. He's always been a fan of Yorkshire cricket um, mm. throughout. I would say he's, he can be ruthless in business. Um, he's a very, very successful businessman um, who's made lots of money from his supermarket, sold it for millions, um, and he's followed his passion. And when I spoke to him the other day, we were talking about his uh, passion uh, for England. He's got the job now um, of trying to change the fortunes of English cricket and improving a few things. There's a few things um, he knows he's got to do. He went out to the Ashes. He was there for all of it. Really enjoyed mm. it. Went and watched England under-19s. Not many people would know that uh, in New Zealand uh, as well. Um, so I think he came back with a few ideas from that. Um, and now obviously the concentration is about this eight or cities and, uh, getting the right structure in place, the overseas players, the coaches and everything else that goes with it. But the one, what was going to always take the biggest criticism was going to be, um, who gets the test matches. There were rumors, but Southampton we're going to get, uh, the yeah. Rose Bowl, We're going to get a GS Bowl, We're going to get, um, an ashes series, but they haven't, um, they've got some one days and T twenties. Um, I think I'm really pleased, obviously personally, but Edenley have got it. There's been some fantastic Test matches through time uh, at Edenley, Edgbaston and Oval Overland Lords and Old Trafford as well, by the way, has um, has got in. I'm, I feel a bit sorry for uh, Trent Bridge. There's some fantastic uh, Tests being at Trent Bridge uh, down the line, but they've been rewarded by getting the 50 over final now, haven't they? They've taken it off Lords, which I'm pleased.
6: Is that is it is that a reward? You know, well, I think didn't. it is.
4: Hosting, they did do, do such a great job with the T20 uh, tournament before Edgbaston got it. And uh, now they've got the 50-over uh, final, uh, going to be at Trent Bridge. They host uh, finals very well indeed. They'll be disappointed, obviously. Same as the Swirlik at um, in Cardiff. Um, they're going to be disappointed, no Ashes series. But they have got four tests in that period uh, of 2020 to mm. 2024. So they have got a, some test cricket there. It's just not going to be an Ashes um, series. And Gloucester have uh, got quite a few haven't they uh, one day internationals so pleased for them Durham Glamorgan um and the IGS Ball, as we talked about and Glamorgan and Hampshire obviously got the T20s as well so plenty of cricket's it been shared out as best it can and like I say on a personal note I'm just pleased but Yorkshire have got um the test matches it needs it they spent a lot of money on the ground development uh, as you heard Martin Talking about the ground development still going on, ongoing now. And um, it's a fantastic stadium now.
6: Are you a traditionalist when it comes to Test cricket? You know, we're not going to be playing as much of it in the years to come. Six Test matches a summer, not seven. Lords is still going to get 2 I'm not sure I want to, I, I don't really agree with that, to be well, honest. it's a money, um, it's
4: money decision. Um, the Oval, uh, obviously, will always get one purely because yeah. the money that brings in from the city. Hospitality alone is huge lords is exactly the same the boxes there cost an absolute fortune um and it's the home of cricket so you, you can see why they get two old trafford's done well i think they've spent a lot of money as well uh on updating their ground they had two by the way and uh it looks fantastic now so i'm pleased for them as well um and Edge is uh, always a great uh curtain raiser isn't it it's fantastic first test Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll be at the India test again. I always go to the India um, Edgbaston test. Uh, I get a box myself, by the way. So I'll be at the Indian one uh, for the first or second day. Not quite sure which day yet, but I'll be there 100 percent.
6: Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show, Goffey. Um, tell you what, there has, there's only been a couple of T20s this week and uh, so many, so many topics uh, that this uh, this show has absolutely flown by. And um, just, to,
4: just to finish, you've uh, missed one. I mean, Ishan Sharma, um, Indian seamer, is signed for Sussex for their first five uh, matches and all their group um, 50 over stuff. So good luck to him. He's got a decent record in England, whether he's played yeah. test cricket or in the Champions uh, Trophy. So he's signed for Sussex. They knew they were going to be missing Archer and um, uh, they're missing someone else. Uh, is it Tamal? Um, early season uh, possibly uh, so they've they've managed to get in Nishant Sharma so it's good news for them
6: well I just see Kevin Peterson has just tweeted uh, predicting uh, that uh, there'll only be six test playing nations in ten years time the end of test cricket is nigh apparently um, uh, well we'll get KP on one day you never know uh, Goffey Uh, enjoy your week look forward to chatting to you this time next week we'll look back at that uh, first ODI the return of Ben Stokes Uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about um, but that is pretty much all we've got time for big thanks to our guest Ashley Giles Director of Cricket at Warwickshire for a brilliant test of time looking back at Sri Lanka 2001 Tamar Mills plenty of credit man gotta go to him um, it's not often people front up after disappointing campaigns they all want to talk after the good times but big thanks to him Martin Moxon, Director of Cricket at Yorkshire absolutely fantastic to chat to him about Adil Rashid um, it's been uh, Darren Goss Cricket Week and this is Talk Sport
0: 2 Hold that please, level 5, thank you Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Bypassal Rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to urge in the Channel bing has bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
2: Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.